With Jesus Christ, you never had to hear him say, do as I say and not as I do. The the teachings of Jesus Christ are always backed up by the actions of Jesus Christ and vice versa. The actions of Jesus Christ back up what Jesus is teaching. So whenever you see Jesus do something, it is fulfilling or it's in accordance to the teaching that he has already given. And when he teaches something, he often backs it up with something that he does. And at the end of John chapter 4, there's just a few verses of scripture to describe for us a story of how Jesus healed a young boy. I'm so thankful that God heals people, aren't you? And he brings healing when those are sick. And while we would all like to see uh, ourselves healed maybe any time we get sick, God doesn't always choose to heal us instantly or quickly from every little sickness that we get. But God has the power to heal. And with this story of this man today, I want us to pay attention to the interaction between Jesus Christ and this man. See, this man had an incredible need. His son was sick, and his son was about to die. But Jesus healed this man's son. And there's some wonderful principles we can take, I think, from this story into our own lives today as we look at the faith of this man, as we look at the response of Jesus Christ. Now he responded to this man in his place of need. So if you're with me this morning, John chapter 4, I want to read once again the passage there beginning in verse 46. The Bible says, So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now, just so you get a little geography here, we've got two cities mentioned, Cana and Capernaum. There was some 15 to 20 miles that separated these two cities. And Jesus, as the verse just mentioned, had already done a miracle at Cana. Remember, at the wedding feast, he, they had run out of wine to drink, and Jesus had turned the water into wine. And so Jesus then has traveled, he's gone to Samaria, he's visited with the woman at the well, and now he has come back to Cana. Perhaps he's staying at the house of Nathaniel. We don't know for sure, but this was one of the followers of Jesus, and Nathaniel was from Cana. And so they get back to Cana, and there's this nobleman, this certain nobleman. We don't know his name. All we know is that here he is, a nobleman, and he has a son, and he has a son who is sick. And it says in verse 47, When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea unto Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. 
So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. In this story this morning, I think we can see for ourselves three different stages of faith that this man had. He had three different stages of faith that showed whether his faith was real or not. The book of James says, faith without works is dead, being alone. You see, faith is is belief in something, but a true belief in something will motivate us to do something, right? It will motivate us to action. And this man, we see different stages of his faith. The first stage that we can see to his faith is the seeking stage. He had heard about Jesus. He knew that Jesus could perform miracles. But he lived in Capernaum and Jesus was now in Cana. Now up to this point, as far as we know, other than hearing about Jesus, this man had no personal interaction with Jesus. But something happened in this man's life that caused him to seek after Jesus. What was it? His son got sick. See, I think there are many people today like this nobleman. They've heard about Jesus. They they know that He exists. They've heard of some of the things that He's done. And yet, they're content, perhaps, to just live their life and go about their business and do their things and live their day-to-day normal life. But perhaps you, like this noble man, may experience something just like he did. Where something comes along that is bigger than you can handle. That is outside of your control. That is beyond your understanding. That causes you to seek for answers outside of yourself. That's what happened to this man. And he went and sought after Jesus. See, as we see this man seeking after Jesus, it caused him to do some things, right? He traveled a distance to go find Jesus. He put aside whatever other business he had going on in his life, and he made a journey to go find Jesus. And when he got to Jesus, he began to cry out to him in a very earnest manner. As soon as he saw Jesus, he begins to call to him and ask him to come down and to heal his son. And even when Jesus responded without not a clear answer to the man, just saying, well, you'll only believe if you see signs and wonders, the man comes right back to him again. He says, sir, come down before my son dies. You see, when people are seeking after Jesus, as this man was seeking after Jesus, they will come through some things that might stop other people, right? We often let a lot of things keep us from Jesus. We let distance keep us from Jesus. We let time keep us from Jesus. We let our own priorities keep us from Jesus. We let the things that we have going on in our lives keep us from the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, 
There was a time that happened in this man's life as his son was sick and he was about to die. And all those other things that were important, his business and his counting house and whatever things he was in charge of as a nobleman, all of a sudden those things become less important. He clears his schedule and he makes a 15-mile journey to go find Jesus in hopes that Jesus could heal his son. And when he gets to Jesus, he doesn't stop and ask kindly. He doesn't walk around quietly and stand at the back. No, he goes right up to him and begins to speak to him and says, come down before my son dies. You see, when something is outside of your control, when something is bigger than what you can handle, it causes you to do things that you might not otherwise do, right? When life all of a sudden changes and we get a new perspective on things that are happening, it causes us to seek after the Lord in a new way that maybe we never did before. But remember I said, let's notice the interaction between Jesus and this man. Because as this man comes to Jesus and he asks for help, he's seeking after the Lord. Jesus responds and he says, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Why did Jesus say this? See, sometimes when we're seeking after Jesus, we're seeking after him in our own way to meet our own need and try to fix the problem in the way that we feel that it should be fixed, right? I mean, that's only natural. We see a problem and we say, this is how this problem needs to be fixed. God, if you would just get in my life and fix this problem this way, then everything would be okay. But I want to remind you this morning, God's ways are not your ways. His ways are past finding out. God's plan is so much bigger than your plan and my plan. And God's plan was bigger than this nobleman's plan. See, this nobleman had a problem. His son was sick. He was about to die. And he said, Jesus, come down and heal my son. And that's a natural, normal, honest, wonderful cry of this man. But see, Jesus had a bigger plan. See, when God doesn't always answer your prayer exactly like you want Him to answer your prayer, it's not because He's not listening to your prayer. It's not because He doesn't care about your prayer. But just like as a father with my children, everything they ask for, I don't always give it to them, or I don't always give it to them in the time that they expect it, because my plan for my kid's life is a little bit bigger than their plan for their own life, right? Because kids are trying to meet their needs in their own place, in their own way. And not everything that they desire is bad, but it's not always what they need right then. Or maybe we're trying to accomplish something bigger, right? And that's how God deals with us. And that's how Jesus is dealing with this man. And he points out to me, he says, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. See, many people, as they walk and follow God, they only want to believe him if God does something really big that everybody can see. And see, Jesus, in his response to this man, he was pointing out some issues with the man's faith because he wanted to help the man grow in his faith. So when he responded to him, you only believe if you see signs and wonders, the man, rather than leaving and walking away, instead he repeats his plea to to Jesus and he says, Sir, come down ere my son die. And when Jesus speaks to him, And he says, go thy way, thy son liveth. The man moves from the first stage of faith, seeking, to now the next stage of faith, relying on God. 
Because when Jesus spoke his word to the man, he said, go your way, your son lives. What did the man do? The Bible says he believed and he went his way. That takes faith, doesn't it? When God speaks to act upon what he says, that takes incredible faith. See, this man wasn't just now seeking after God to get him to come to him and do things and fix his problem in his way. Now when God spoke to him and told him what to do, he immediately obeyed. And Maybe some of you are stuck in between those stages this morning. Maybe you are seeking after Christ. You're looking for answers for something in your life. You're praying and crying out to Him. But I would challenge you to take the next step in your faith to the step of relying upon the Word of God. See, some of us only want to respond if God does something big that everybody can see. But folks, God has already given us His Word. And He's told us what He wants us to do right here. And see, many of us say, well, I'm not going to obey God. I'm not going to follow God. I'm not going to get serious about what God has said until God does something big that everybody can see. And God says, I've already given you my word. Won't you obey what I've already said? See, this man, his faith moved from just seeking after God, which was good, but it moved to a better place of now fully relying on God and what the Word of God had said. When Jesus said, go your way, your son liveth. Realize, folks, he's 15 miles away from home. He couldn't call on his phone or text and say, how's my son doing? Is he better now? No, he just had to turn and go home, believing what Jesus said. It took faith for that man to leave Jesus that day and go back home. And see, it takes faith for us to be able to open God's Word as He's given it to us and to read it and listen to it and obey it. Because see, sometimes when we walk by faith, we don't see the answers right away, do we? This man couldn't see the answer to his response of relying upon the Word of God until he got home. You see, God may be asking you this morning, trust my word, do what it says. See, you don't always get the outcome that you want right away when you do what you're supposed to do. Is that right? Sometimes you have to stay faithful in something for a long time before you ever see the outcome that you desire. And sometimes the outcome that you desire is not the outcome that God even wants in the first place. And so God is doing something else entirely different. But God wants us to rely upon Him and on His Word. So if we are folks in the first stage of faith that we're praying and crying out to God, but we aren't willing to trust what God's Word says and obey it, We're missing out on what God wants us to do. See, God was trying to take this man from a place of, sure, I'll answer your prayer and do it exactly like you want me to do. No, I'm going to do it my way in a way that will increase your faith. And if you notice the rest of the story, it didn't just increase the faith of the man, it increased the faith of his entire household. The Bible says on his way home, his servants met him and they said, Sir, your son lives. And the man looks at him and he says, well, when did he start to get better? And he said it was about the seventh hour yesterday. 
Seventh hour, that'd be about one o'clock in the afternoon in our time. And the man remembers. And he says, thinks to himself, that's when Jesus told me that my son would live. And he shares that with his servants. He goes home and he sees his son and he sees him healed just as Jesus had said. And now he moves to that third stage of faith, full assurance. He has seen God do the work just as he said he would. But the man already believed in his heart. That's why he left Jesus and went back home. See, you may be here this morning and God is telling you something in his word. He's told you to do this, to obey this, to go here, to do this, to not do this, to give something up, to add something in your life, whatever it is. And you may be holding back this morning saying, I'm not sure if I can do that because I don't know how it's all going to work out. And God is saying, believe on the Lord, believe in my word and obey it right now and trust me for the consequences, trust me for the outcomes, trust me to work it all together for good and for glory. This man had these stages of faith, this seeking stage, the relying stage, and the assurance stage. Folks, it's possible that we may not get to experience full assurance in certain things in our life until we reach heaven someday. Many of you are probably familiar with the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. The last verse of that song says, And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. And the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. It is well. It is well with my soul. And we know, don't we, as Christians, that it will be well with our soul when Jesus comes back and the clouds open up and the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes back. And all the problems of this world, all the sickness, all the pain, all the struggle, all the difficulty that we face all the time in our lives in various ways, it won't seem like anything anymore, will it? Because Jesus will come back and we'll have full assurance. But folks, that may not happen until the Lord comes back. God wants us to live in full reliance upon Him and His Word every single day, even if our faith doesn't become sight until Jesus comes back. What is your faith like this morning? Three marks of faith. Three stages of faith. He was seeking after God. He was learning to rely upon His Word. And then he found full assurance of his faith. As what he had believed to be true, he then knew to be true because he was holding his son in his hands and he was healed. But can I share with you three diseases that hinder our faith? Because I think as we look at this same passage of Scripture, when we look at these stages, there are three things that if this man had been in a different position and had done something different, could have greatly hindered his faith. 
See, the first stage of faith is seeking after God. That's what we see this man doing. He's coming to the Lord. He puts aside everything else and the distractions and the things going on in his life and he takes everything he has and he goes to Jesus to try to get answers. And you need to go to Christ with everything that you have. Say, Lord, I'm yours. Tell me what to do. Seek after him. But what did this man do? He prayed, right? He sought Jesus. He continued to cry out to him. And he asked and he asked and he asked. One of the things that will greatly hinder your faith is if you stop praying. See, prayer is something that as a Christian, we have the opportunity, the Bible says, to literally come into the throne room of God and be able to speak directly to him. And see, if your faith doesn't even motivate you to pray, what kind of faith is that? See, a faith that's seeking after God is going to pray. Say, Lord, help me meet my needs. I need your help. I can pray and pray and pray and ask God to meet my needs. This man did it. He didn't let anything stop him, did he? He didn't let the distance stop him. When he got to Jesus and Jesus says, well, you're only going to see signs and wonders and he didn't really understand the initial response perhaps of Jesus, that didn't stop his prayer. He continued to pray and to cry out to the Lord for help. And God wants you to do the same thing. When we stop praying, it's as if we're saying, well, God, I'm done trying that. Let me go try something else. When we stop praying, it's giving up on the one person that truly can make a difference. This man didn't cease to pray. He continued to pray. But oh, we might stop praying because we think God is not listening. God is listening. Jesus was listening to this man. He heard everything that he said. He's listening to you this morning too. Maybe somebody might stop praying because they think, well, it's too late. God can't do anything. And folks, if you believe that, you don't understand who God is. It's never too late for God. God is all-powerful. He knows everything. And He can work everything out in His way perfectly. See, you have to understand, God hears you. And He's always with you. And God can always do something. God can always accomplish His plan. But see, as we pray to God, there are some mistakes we do sometimes, don't, don't we? This man, as he prayed, he prayed and asked Jesus to come down and heal his son. He said, Jesus, I need you to come over to Capernaum with me so you can heal my son. This man had a, a misunderstanding of the power of Christ, didn't he? He thought that Jesus had to physically be in the presence of his son to be able to heal his son. But that's not true about God, is it? God can do whatever he wants from wherever he wants because he's everywhere all the time. He has enough power to heal a son that's 15 miles away and he has enough power to meet your need in his way. See, as we pray, sometimes we make mistakes, but God still listens to our prayers. This man saying, Jesus, come down. Jesus saying, no, I don't need to come down. Perhaps what you're praying for this morning, realize God may say, I've got a better way. If it doesn't work out just like you expect it to, it's not because God's not working. It's because he has a better way, a better plan, and he's accomplishing it according to his purpose. See, one of the diseases that hinders our faith is when we stop praying. 
Keep praying. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but keep praying. I don't know what need you have in your life, but keep praying. I don't know what it is that you're asking God to do, but keep praying. God hears and answers prayer. And He heard and He answered the prayer of this man. The second disease that can hinder our faith is waiting to see signs and wonders. Right? Jesus said to this man, you won't believe unless you see signs and wonders. And there are many people today who are in that same boat. They, they don't want to believe God and follow God until they see God perform some miracle that's outside the bounds of human understanding. Now, can God do those things? Absolutely. And if you've experienced something like that in your life, that's wonderful. But that's not how He always chooses to work. But He has given us His Word that is the same, that we should never add to or take away from because it's complete. He's given us His Word to tell us what He wants to do and how He wants us to do it. See, if you're waiting around for God to do something miraculous before you're going to believe God and obey His Word, that's a disease that is hindering your faith this morning. Don't wait around to do what you know is right because you're waiting for God to fix something else or do something big and show you some, you know, give you some lightning strike moment in your life. And, oh, now, okay, now I'll obey. Just obey Him. Take Him at His word and trust Him. There's a disease of ceasing to pray or the disease of waiting to see signs and wonders. But this third thing is something that I believe only recently God began to teach me in my life. I think the third thing that can hinder our faith that we can see from this story is failing to see God's hand at work. Think about what happened to this man. When he got home, or as he was on his way home, and his servants met him, and they said, your son's been healed. He could have just rejoiced and said, praise the Lord. But he didn't stop there. Because you know what? Here's our, here's our natural reaction. This is mine too. Okay, I'm not picking on anybody. This is the same thing I do, right? When something works out, don't we often look for explanations that are other than God? Right? We say, well, you know, that doctor was really good and he gave us good medicine. Maybe he was, but who gave the doctor the ability to do that? God did. Well, it was really dry and, and, and the farmers were praying for rain, sure, but we understand how weather systems and science and El Nino and La Nina and all these things, we know how that works and that's what brings the rain. Folks, who created it all? God did. See, we often want to come up with a human explanation. And I'm not saying that there aren't natural laws and all those things, but God put those in place, didn't He? He's the one that created it all. So if it functions according to the natural law, praise God that we have a God that's powerful enough to create laws and actually make His creation follow them. See, this man was very quick to say, so what time did my son start to get better? And they said, well, about the seventh hour. He said, that was the same time Jesus. See, if that had been some of us, we might have said, well, you know, I... I know, we try to give him all that medicine before we leave, and I just ran to go ask Jesus. And I, I'm glad that he's better, but sure glad we gave him the medicine when we did, because it probably wouldn't happen. Stop trying to minimize God's work. Because God can work through medicine, can't he? 
Because you know as well as I do, there are people taking all kinds of medicine this morning to heal diseases, and they're still sick. Sometimes they don't work like science says they're supposed to. Not every surgery is successful, is it? Not every procedure happens the way we want it to happen. Say, how did we end up with the right doctor that gave us the right answer when all the other doctors gave us the wrong answer? Maybe that was God's answer to your prayer. And it's not just about health, is it? It's about maybe somebody here, you're praying for a job, right? We're looking for a job. We're trying to find a job. We're trying to find God's answer to supply some financial need that our family has or we have as an individual. And we're out working and doing things. And then we get a job and we say, well, I'm just so thankful that I had a good network of people that I got this job. No, stop and see God's hand at work in your life. Because when you miss seeing the fingerprints of God on your life, your faith is not as strong as it could be. And do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't some sort of hokey, weird thing that I'm talking about. This is about looking to see God's hand at work and realizing that God can be working in all kinds of situations that are far beyond what we could do. I love thinking about what God is doing. And you know what? I know very for a fact that I don't know everything that he's doing. But I love to try to find things. Several years ago, I challenged our youth group when I was a youth pastor to each day take just a little bit of time and try to remember something that God did that day. And when we were on a trip together with our teenagers, I would go around the room and I'd say, give me a 10-second testimony. What did you see God do today? And you know, the first day we did that, everybody struggled. You know, I don't know. Can't think of anything at all. You know, because perhaps maybe we just don't think about God much on a day-to-day basis. But by the second day, you know, they all had a testimony of something they saw God do. By the third day, those testimonies went on and on. And by the fourth day, we were there till 2 o'clock in the morning giving testimonies about what God had done that day. It's amazing when you'll stop long enough to pause and to think about what God is doing in your life. And you'll begin to see God at work. Remember, God doesn't always work the way you expect. So you might be praying for healing right now, and God hasn't given you the healing that you're praying for yet. But maybe He's brought some new people into your life that are encouraging you now that weren't there before. That's a blessing. That's God's hand at work, isn't it? Maybe you're praying, I know we did this as we've gone out and invited people to come to our church and we've shared the gospel with people and asked people to come and join us. And, you know, a lot of the people that we have invited haven't come. But you're here. I didn't invite all of you, did I? God's hand was at work, wasn't it? We could go on and on thinking of ways that this happens in our life. But I would encourage you to take some time every day. You can take as little as 10 seconds, I promise. If you'll make it a habit, it'll start, you'll start to see things. And, and you'll just walk around like I do with goosebumps a lot of the time because you just think about what God's doing. And what a blessing that is. That'll encourage your faith to be able to take steps and do things that you never would before because you see God's hand at work. And see, it's not just a blessing for us. It's part of what God wants us to do for Him. Because the Bible says, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, if you know it, finish it with me, do all 
to the glory of God. And see, when you live your life and you fail to give God glory for what He's doing and seeing His hand at work and you just go along giving yourself the credit or some other person the credit and you don't give God the credit for what He's doing, are you really giving Him glory in all that you do? See, God's hand is at work. This man was careful to notice that. And you know, when he noticed God's hand at work and when he shared that with his household, what happened? If you read the end of the passage, it said his whole household believed. See, faith is, is a very personal thing, I understand, right? It's something that's in your heart, in your life. But faith is not something that should remain personal. Over time, as our faith grows, it ought to spread and infect everybody around us, shouldn't it? But the reason it often doesn't affect those people around us in our families, our friends, even in our churches, is because our faith is really small. And we never point out God's goodness. If someone asked us to give, us a, give a testimony of something we saw God do this week, we'd all sit there quietly and look around and go, I don't know. We hinder our faith. This disease that hinders our faith when we fail to pray. When we wait to see signs and wonders. And when we fail to observe the hand of God at work. The boys and girls quoted from Psalm 8 this morning. Verses 3 and 4 say this, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. So we've looked at three different stages of faith. We've considered three diseases that can hinder our faith. But finally this morning I want us to look at Three questions about your faith. Can I ask you some questions about your faith this morning? You might be sitting here this morning and say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I have faith. Well, you may have faith, but does your faith cause you to pray? What's your prayer life like? Have you cried out to God lately? Asking Him to do something? There are probably some parents and grandparents here this morning. You may have children or grandchildren that are far from the Lord. Does your faith in God cause you to pray for them? And pray that God will work in their hearts? Don't stop praying. Keep praying. This man, he had faith. It may not have been a lot of faith because it says he just knew of Jesus and he comes to visit him, but his faith caused him to pray. What's your faith like this morning? Does it cause you to pray? What are you praying about? If, we were to come, if I were to come over to your house tomorrow morning and say, let's sit down and pray, what would be on your prayer list? What would you be pulling out and say, Pastor, pray about this. What are you putting on your connection card at the end of the service? Say, Pastor, I need you to pray for these things. Several of you have done that. And I'm praying for those things because I believe God answers prayer. Do you? Let's pray. Second question about your faith. Does your faith make you want to obey? Does it? See, this man, when Jesus spoke to him and he said, Your son is healed, the Bible says he believed him. He took him at his word. Do you take God at his word? Do you obey? You say, I have faith and I am praying. Are you obeying? If God has said it in His Word and you're disobedient to it, 
you might just be ignorant of it, but your faith ought to encourage you to be studying God's Word because God's told you to do that. But if you're not ignorant of it, what's keeping you from obeying? Perhaps it's a lack of faith. I just, I just don't know if it'll do any good. Is it really worth my time? I just don't see how it's all going to work out. If I do it this way, I mean, yeah, but, but this is how my feelings tell me to do, right? That's where we live. I know that's what God says, but that just doesn't feel good. I just don't see how that's going to work out. I don't see what the point of that is. Why do I have to do that? That's just, I'm tired. I have all this other stuff going on. I have all these priorities and things that are important. Listen, some of us need to get in the place where we put all of our priorities and things aside and we say, what does God want me to do? I'm going to put him first. And you don't have to wait until your son is sick and nigh unto death to do that. For some of us, that's what it takes to bring us to God. But that's not what God says everyone has to go through this awful thing before they can come to God. You may be here this morning facing something awful, and I'm praying for you. And I want to help you and encourage you and love you any way that I can. But some of you here this morning, your life is good, and things are well, and things are happy, and everything is kind of together. And if that's you this morning... Continue to stay faithful with the Lord right now because the people that are going through hard times, I can guarantee you they'd be telling you, stay faithful to God right now. Pray for me right now. Walk with God right now because you will be going through something hard at some time. And folks, if you're going through something hard, it's not because God is necessarily punishing you. God may just be wanting to draw you closer to Him. Or in the case of this man, not only drawing him closer, but his whole family closer to God. See, God wants to save people. God loves people. And God will allow sometimes one of his children to go through something very difficult and very dark and very painful to bring other people to him. And it's not because he doesn't love that child. It's because he loves everybody. And he's trying to to bring folks together. And sometimes... God understands it's, it's worth it for one to go through a struggle for others to be brought together. And you say, yeah, but that's hard when it's the one, and it is. But God loves them too. And he says that he'll give grace to help in time of need. And he's there in our deepest and darkest struggle and our biggest, hardest thing that we go through. Does your faith cause you to pray? Does your faith make you want to obey? And then finally this morning, third question. You may say, I have faith, but does your faith make you want to share it with someone else? When you're excited about what God is doing, you want to share it with other people. That's just, the, that's just natural. As human beings, when we're excited about something, we share it with people. If you, just, if you were looking for a job and, and you just got a job, you'd be telling everybody about it, right? If you've been waiting to have a baby, have a baby, you tell everybody about it, right? It's exciting. It's good news. We like to share good news. If your favorite sports team wins, you share that with people. T-shirts, hats, right? Or just talking all the time about it, right? You're excited about it. It's what you do. Let's get excited about what God's doing. Does your faith make you want to share it with somebody else? 
See, what's so amazing in this story is this man believed, but then his whole household believed. If your household isn't believing this morning, and you do believe, but other people in your house do not, I, I find great comfort in this story. Because I think if you'll continue to walk by faith and cry out to God and obey Him and share your faith in what God is doing, that'll have an impact and effect on the people around you. And yes, we know everybody ha- can make their own choice, right? But when other people see what God is doing in your life, it's going to point them towards the Lord. But as Christians, if we claim to have faith, but our faith doesn't make us pray, if our faith doesn't make us obey, if our faith doesn't make us want to share it with anybody else, what kind of faith is that? And why would anybody else want that kind of faith? I mean, let's put it again in the sports team analogy. If you had a favorite team, but you never went to their game, you never bought any of their clothing, and you never talked about it with anybody... What kind of team is that, right? What kind of favorite team? Who are you? You're a terrible fan, right? (laughs) I'm not trying to sell you clothing this morning, okay? Afterwards, Rise Baptist Church, line of t-shirts and hats, only $15.99 on the way out. No, that's not what we're talking about, okay? That's not what this is teeing up for or anything at all. But if your faith is real, it ought to be demonstrated in the way you live and what you say. And, and where you go, and what people see in you. I want to challenge you about your faith this morning. See, I'm like you. If you asked me if I had faith, I would probably say yes. But when I look at this list and examine my own heart, there are things I say, oh, God, I need to grow in my faith. Lord, help me. God, don't let me stop praying. I need to keep praying about these things. There are some things that I haven't been faithful in prayer about, because I got busy and I just forgot and it wasn't that important and I hadn't seen God answer that request, so I just, I just kind of stopped. But if we believe in God, let's keep praying. Maybe there's some things in your life, you know, I used to be there in my Christian walk, I used to be faithful in this area or that area, but I've just kind of gotten away from it, you know. I didn't really see that it was that important. Let's have the faith to obey. To work out, as the Bible says, your salvation with fear and trembling. Or maybe you're this morning and you just, you haven't shared it with anybody in a long time. Or people around you don't even notice anything different about you. Yeah, yeah, that's them. They're just kind of (laughs) strange. No, our faith, while people may find it a little strange at times, ought to be an encouragement to others. Who are you asking if you can pray for them, right? Who have you asked to pray? Is the joy of the Lord evident in your life? As you're going through a difficult time, are you looking for God's hand at work and sharing that with others? One of the greatest ways as Christians we can do this part of the body of Christ is giving testimony of what God's done. And you don't have to stand up in a church. That's not the only way to give a testimony. That is one way. But you can shake somebody's hand after church and say, I'm praying for you. Let me tell you what God did in my life this week. What a blessing that is. I love hearing about that. Maybe you're here this morning, and as we've talked about this, you realize, I don't have really faith at all. But I want to have faith like that. I want to have faith that will come to Christ and continue to seek after Him. 
because I have some deep, deep needs and deep struggles. And I know that I can't answer those problems and those questions. This morning, when we close our service in prayer, afterwards, would you come talk to me? Find somebody else, maybe one of the people that you saw up here on the stage or one of the other people around the church that looks like a friendly person. Say, would you pray with me? Would you help me? That's what we want to do because as a church, we should be a group of people, right, that are walking by faith together trying to serve God and do what He wants us to do. And if you're here this morning, you're, you're part of that family. We want you to be part of the family that God has to help us to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to visit one another. How's your faith this morning? I believe there's so much we can learn from this man and his interaction with Jesus Christ. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, I want you to know God cares. When you pray, He listens. God answers prayer. Not always in the way that we expect, but always in His time and in His way. And His ways are always the best ways. Let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And I'm going to pray out loud, but I would encourage you as I pray out loud, pray in your heart. Father, we